Praise God. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for helping all of us to serve with a heart of gratitude towards you. God, help us to realize that in being leaders or servants, Lord, if you said you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you've got to be the servant of all. So help us have that attitude, Lord. And I pray, Father, that you would help us to apply what the book of Proverbs shares with us and challenges us by. So I ask you, O oh Lord God, to help all of us walk in the wisdom that we're about to hear and the wisdom we will hear in the days to come. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said amen. Amen. Um, we are going, by the grace of God, to finish uh, Proverbs chapter 1 tonight. We got started last week with a little bit of an intro and then right into chapter 1, covering some things about the book of Proverbs. But of course, most of it, by and large, uh, almost the entirety, other than about 17 um, verses or so, uh, or chapters, um, were written by others, but Solomon wrote the bulk of it, and so it was written for future leaders. So that's what all of us should be. We should be growing up and becoming leaders, uh, serving others, uh, and, and not only servants in the kingdom of God, but leaders at work. Um, you become, I want you to become a manager. You may not be a manager now, but uh, God wants you. He's got great plans for your life. He, he thinks you can do a whole lot more than you probably already think you can. So I want you to get into your mind what he has for you so that you can accomplish the will of God for your life. Maybe some of you recently have been offered a promotion and you were like, I don't know if I can do that. Don't ever say that kind of thing. Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, I know you can't fly an airplane or uh, I know there's some things with, it's not talking about that, but it is talking about with the power of Almighty God and the help of the Holy Spirit, we can accomplish much more than we may think we can. Well, in America today, and I think too often even in the church, if you were to go to the average person on the street and say, do you have any problems? And they would say, probably what? Are, are you awake? All right, so are you there? All right, so if you went up to a person at, uh, at the mall and you said, uh, do you have any problems? They would say, yes. And so if you said to them, well, what would help you what do you need most to overcome all your problems? They would say, oh yeah, you got that one, didn't you? All right, so all right. It's your we ask, you're, or we're asking, all right, so. No, uh, the truth of the matter is, that's a natural default with us to ex an extent. But think about it for just a moment. Even though the average American would say money, the average person in the world would probably say money, and way too many Christians would say money. But money, is it really what we need the most? There's a sweet person right over here. Yes, they're on, on target here helping me out. So the answer is 
No, most people, even though they would say money, uh, but if you have money and no wisdom, you will never manage the money. That is called the curse of the lottery. You ever heard of it? There are people that if they've done documentaries on people who have won the lottery. And they won the lottery, and literally, I have seen a couple of them in the past that the people said, I wish I'd never even won the lottery. Now, you can't imagine yourself saying that, can you? I I know, but listen, uh, ill-gotten gain without any labor, uh, Solomon talks about that. And so too many people, uh, wills are the same thing. Uh, People get excited, somebody dies and leaves uh, an inheritance and somebody uh, is left three or $400,000. And they think, I have got it made for the rest of my life and in three years it's gone. Where did it go? It just found a place and left. Because you need wisdom to manage money. Not one, thank you, Pastor John. You need wisdom to manage money. And if you don't have wisdom to manage money, you will never have money. All right, so godly wisdom only comes from a relationship with God and flows out of a prayer life and our time that is spent in the word of God. So wisdom comes from a relationship with God. Can't have godly wisdom without a relationship with God. And you can't have godly wisdom without a prayer life and spending time in the word. So anyway, all right, we're going to get started here in just a minute. We picked it up from last week. And, um, so we're going to jump around a little bit. We're not going to go one point. We got 15 fold purpose of uh, uh, Proverbs, but I'm going to jump around for the sake of time. Next Wednesday, Lord willing, Pastor Astani, our campus pastor at the Michigan campus, will be speaking on Proverbs chapter two. Alice and I will be coming back from a road trip, Lord willing. All right, so uh, Proverbs one and two, let me give you that verse again. To know wisdom, Solomon says, to know wisdom. So God imparts wisdom to Solomon. He's imparting it to us. To know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding. Well, um, and number eight, to give uh, subtly to to the simple um, and uh, subtleties uh, to the simple. And what does that word mean, subtleties? It means to notice small details. Now listen to that. That is so important. To notice small details or differences which are not obvious to everybody. So God wants to give us wisdom so that in the subtleties of life, you and I notice the small details that a lot of people do not notice or the differences in things. And so we pay attention. Say amen to everybody that pays attention. We pay attention when we're at work. Uh, We don't let small details get by us. 
We are watching out for small details. Nothing is really small because something that seems very small can become very large. And so God help you and I to have the wisdom to notice the small, what appears to be the small details or differences in life. Now, Proverbs chapter one, verse four, the Bible says to give, Solomon is talking about wisdom, to give prudence to the simple. Prudence, that word is shrewd in management of practical affairs. Shrewd in management of practical affairs, or even the word cautious. So we don't run headlong into uh, financial decisions. We don't do things without really praying about them. Amen? We don't, uh, we don't spend money unwisely. We have prudence. We are cautious. We are shrewd in the management of practical affairs. And so uh, I know that, and I've, and we're going to get to it in Proverbs about um, starting businesses. And, and maybe God wants many of you to start a business. Maybe that's not for everybody, but maybe it is. And so some of you could eventually smart, start a business. And uh, maybe you started on the side to start with while you're working. And then slowly as you build it, you build it up. And, and just about every business started out small and grew through proper management or cautiousness, not taking risk, not uh, borrowing beyond our means. And uh, I, uh, I, by the grace and help of God, God has given me some uh, wisdom in the area of finances, maybe not as much as Pastor Ben has in the area of finances, but I thank God for what I do have. Years and years ago, when anybody, anybody never been to the Goldenrod campus? Anybody here? Never seen it? Okay, wow. A uh, bunch of you. Where you been? And so, uh, that, well, that was only like seven years ago. All right. So anyway, we this church really started out uh, in uh, over on Goldenrod Road, 2008 North Goldenrod Road, and uh, we had a little metal building. It was about oh, I don't know, 40 by 100 feet, and uh, it was terrible. Uh, anybody here then? Okay, my Lord, have mercy. Been a, they're still here. All right, great. Bless you, bless you. And uh, you walked in the, the back doors that only had two doors. You walked in the back doors. To the left was the bathroom. Remember, the men's bathroom was first and uh, the ladies' bathroom. And you had to walk by, it was a narrow bathroom. You had to walk by other stalls to get Anyway, I won't go into detail, but uh, it had shower curtains. It was a magnificent building. And uh, cement floor, hard pews with no cushion when I first got there. And so uh, uh, paneled walls, for those of you that remember panel wood. Uh, so it was, why am I going? Uh, anyway, all right, so uh, it was, uh, God used it. A lot of people got saved. Uh, the church grew, even though it was a very small building at the time. 
And then the former pastor built a church called Hogan Hall, which we eventually named Hogan Hall. Then when I became pastor and, and we started praying about with the board, building a larger building, we ended up building one that would seat about, um, really, it would supposedly seat 15, but really 1,200 would max it out. But when we started to build that building, I told the board, I do not want to build a building that we cannot pay for the day we move in as far as meeting the payments. In other words, the excess funds that we had extra every month was enough to cover the mortgage when we moved in. And so God has helped us uh, since then to manage in the same principle. And here's what, I'm sharing this with you because I want you to have wise management skills when it comes to your money. And the more you use caution, the more God may give you money so that you can use it for his glory. You can be a channel, a blessing for the kingdom of God and using money wisely. So, um, so don't, uh, don't, your attitude can't be, I want to get all the money I can and can all the money I uh, have, all right? So, no, you can't have that attitude. You've got to have the attitude, I want to be a conduit for the kingdom of God and be a blessing in the kingdom, and then God will give you more, all right? So, use money wisely. Don't buy a house that you cannot afford. Don't buy one that you cannot afford. Make sure you got the money to pay the payments, all right? Or a car. Don't go out and buy a car you cannot afford. I, Pastor, I'm just believing God. I'm just believing God. You know, the payments are $600, but I'm believing God. God can do anything. Yes, he can. He can give you wisdom to not buy a $600 a month car. That's what God can do. Now, if you can afford one, have at it, do it. But if you can't, and you're like, I'm standing on the promises, I'm scared to death, but I'm standing on the promises. Dear God, have mercy. I've seen so many people that fall into that. And it's like, they need this. They need prudence to the simple, all right? So anyway, I better go on or I'm never going to finish to the prudent or the cautious or the shrewd in management. All right. To the young man, knowledge and discretion. So God wants to give us wisdom so we have discretion to behave or speak in such a way that we don't cause offense. All right. In other words, we are gracious in our words. We are gracious in our behavior. We don't walk around with a chip on our shoulder, with an attitude in our heart and mind, and cause, we're offensive. No, we are not to be offensive. We are to be gracious and kind and not cause offense. And if we do, and we detect that we have offended somebody, immediately we ask their forgiveness. You know, we don't say, hey, what's, what's your problem? I mean, can't you take a joke? No, we say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I mean, you need to practice, all right? So why don't you join with me right now? Uh, please, I'm sorry, please forgive me. 
That's your part. All right, please forgive me. All right, don't you feel better already? Now, after service, you probably need to go to somebody. All right, and tell them that, all right? So, to give young men knowledge, that's what Solomon's doing. He's writing this out because God has put this depository of wisdom in his heart and mind, and so he's writing it out. Proverbs chapter one, verse five. A wise man will hear and increase learning. So you hear, you're, you're, you're not just a hearer, but you are a doer, you increase in learning. And a man of understanding will obtain wise counsel. All right, going on to verse six. To understand wisdom, Solomon has given us wisdom to understand a proverb and an enigma, a person or thing that is hard to understand. All right, an enigma is a person or thing that's hard to understand. How many of you know there's some people you know that you have a hard time understanding them? Well, pray God give you wisdom to be able to understand them or at least to walk in grace with them. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord. Here it is. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It is not the end of knowledge. It is the beginning of knowledge. So that this expression, the fear of the Lord, is the expression of a reverential attitude, an attitude of reverence toward God Almighty. All right. Well, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. And the Bible says, My son, hear the instruction of your father. And do not forsake the law of your mother. Um, now, when you read that, you immediately think, boy, there's some parents out there that really didn't have uh, the wisdom to impart here. And I know that. And that, that's not what Paul, uh, Solomon is talking about. He's not talking about uh, people that had no wisdom to depart. He's talking, the assumption is Solomon takes it for granted that parents will, with all the wisdom they have, instruct their children wisely. And uh, maybe your parents didn't. They didn't know the Lord. But if you know Christ, your desire is to impart wisdom to your son and to your daughter. So much so that you want them to excel in life. You don't want them to get married and come back home. No, you don't want that. No. You just say, yes, I do. I want my daughter to come home. No, you don't, all right? And uh, don't you let her come home, all right? She said, Mom, this marriage thing is not working out. I, I'm not talking about uh, abuse or something like that. I'm just talking about I miss you mom and no that's why I tell couples I tell couples if they tell me yeah we're going to get married I'm like oh really where are you going to live oh we're going to stay with her folks oh God, please don't and I just go into every contortion I yeah you know, I go ah please no now I know there's some situations that um, and if they say, oh, it's just for a short, short time. And I'm like, thank God. Because why? Because God says, get married and get out of there. That's why. 
You don't, you leave your parents. You don't cleave to your parents. No, you leave your parents and you cleave to one another. You leave them. I don't care how much your mama wants your back, all right? Uh, no, we don't go back unless there's an emergency. I mean, Alice and I were building a house after we got married and, and I had to go to my in-laws for like two weeks. Ah, I had nowhere else to go. But I, if I'd have had a tree house, I would have considered it. But anyway, I didn't want to go there and I wanted to get out of there. I was like, get this house built now. All right, so... No, two women in the same house. That's not, God didn't intend for that to be, all right? So, all right. Nor two men in the same, you know, and I know there are families that can get along great, but don't stay there, all right? Um, I knew someone, they moved in, you know, short time, five years later, everybody's mad at each other. No, they don't want to do that, all right? So, where am I at? All right, okay. We must give our children, we must not give our children law without instruction. When we tell them what to do, we must tell them why. And so we need to instill within our children. Guys, look, obeying God is the right thing to do. You may not think so. You may think he's trying to squelch your fun, but no, in reality, he is trying to preserve your life. How many of us recently have looked at pictures or video of these kids that went out and were vaping this uh, electronic cigarettes and, and the vaping and, uh, places around town. And, and one young man, early 20s, they said, now you've got the lungs of a 70-year-old. And I just thought, my God. And now he's suing. Of course, why not? You know, but, and, and vaping is a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. And more and more kids are winding up with serious ailments, respiratory problems as a result of it. So, you know, God is not against having fun. He's, against, he's for preserving life and health. And so that's what God is for. That's why he doesn't want kids to get involved and messed up at premarital sex and all that goes with that and, and uh, marijuana and, and whatever else. No, he wants people to live a good, healthy, good life of blessing. All right, okay. Proverbs chapter one, verse nine. And they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains upon your neck. Chains of gold about the neck indicated political dignity. So here obedience to parents is the surest way of becoming eminent among men or women and mankind. All right, so uh, not only political. Now I know Solomon was raising up young men and teaching young men to be leaders in the government politically and, and otherwise. So there's that reference to that. But we're talking about excelling in life, period, wherever we are. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10 says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Guys, be ready with that picture in just a minute, all right? All right. Uh, observe something. Observe how industrious, wicked people are to seduce others into the paths of the destroyer. Sinners love company in sin, and sinners want everybody to agree with them and not judge them. Um, recently, 
you, you, we woke up, it seemed like one day, and we live in, we're living in a country that's lost its mind. Literally. Uh, so many in politics lost their minds. Uh, they, their minds are being bound, blinded by the devil. That's really what the problem is. Uh, because recently across the country in libraries, they're inviting in uh, drag queens to read to our children. And so we've, we brought a picture. Here is one of the drag queens um, that is reading to kids. And if you saw the rest of the picture, there would be parents sitting around there with their kids. Um, do you know what their name or they, the name they go by? Annie, A-N-N-I-E, Annie Christ. That is the name that was under there, and Annie Christ. So uh, this is the kind of thing sitting in our, the kind of person sitting in our library. And look, obviously this person needs Christ. This person needs redemption. This person, God is more than able to change their lives. But to let them read in a library looking like, ah, oh my God, have mercy. We've lost our mind. Recently, one of our uh, candidates for president suggested he was, I'm not going to give his name, but he was a vice president one time. All right, so anyway, he suggested, at least what I read, he suggested that, oh yes, any transgender male in prison, we're going to allow him to be in the women's jail. And I'm like, oh, that's going to get really interesting. The word gets out through the prisons of America to all the men that are in there for all, years and years and years. Oh, all I've got to say is I identify as a woman to go to the women's jail. Well, guess what? I'm feeling more my feminine side all the time. And so, I mean, I can just imagine a man that's in there for years and he said, I get to go to the women's prison? <gasps> I, there is a lottery. There is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And I thought to myself, what kind of brain cells have disconnected? No, it's the darkness of, of hell itself. That is the problem. The darkness of hell itself can invade any of our minds. There go I, but by the grace of God. There go you, but by the grace of God. But thank God for the grace of God, all right? So thank, thank, thank God for the grace of God. Well, Proverbs 1.19 so are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owner. Earlier we started out talking about, and this, this clockwork on this thing, guys, uh, uh, I don't see it. Okay. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy. Sorry, I got one right here. All right. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. Greedy for gain. And uh, Solomon knew that wisdom was more important than money. He had both. He had both. And he by far concluded money is not the answer to life. Wisdom is the answer to life. And with all of his wisdom, yet still, as you well know, for those of you that know the life of Solomon, toward the end of his life, he started violating the word of God making wrong choices, marrying heathen women and letting them influence him. And 
If you read closely, it looks like, of course, he built temples to their foreign gods. And toward the end of his life, it looks like he turned away, literally turned away from God, from all indications. What a sad commentary on one the wisest men that ever lived. Three kinds of people that wisdom is calling out to. Simple ones that love simplicity. Scorners that scorn, that delight in scorning. There are proud people that make a joke of everything. Scoffers that take pride in running down everything that is sacred and serious. And then it calls out, wisdom calls out to fools that hate knowledge. In Proverbs chapter 133, I don't have it highlighted, but just listen to it. Turn, turn at my rebuke. Wisdom will rebuke us. God will reprove us and rebuke us. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. If you turn when you are rebuked, I will make my words known to you. Proverbs 123, in essence, is if we turn when rebuked, God will pour out his spirit on us. Thank God forever. And I'm going to close with this verse because I'm going to give plenty of time for uh, the new members. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 31, it says, Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. If they reject wisdom and they eat the fruit of their own way, their own inclinations, their own judgment, without the wisdom of God, they'll be filled with the full with the, their own fantasies. In other words, they will reap, we will reap what we sow. God have mercy on our souls. God have mercy on all of us. Um, God help us to walk in humility and realize that any of us could, could uh, fall. And if we fell in some capacity, we ask God's forgiveness. We ask him to help us to get up, get going, and to walk in the wisdom of God that is available to all of us. Bow your heads with us, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch every person in this building. God, we ask you, we ask you for your incredible wisdom that is available to all of us. Lord, you're no respecter of persons. What you gave to Solomon, you poured out upon him such wisdom because he had need of the capacity of wisdom to rule a nation. God, we may not be rulers of a nation, but Lord, you have raised us up. God, and we need your great wisdom to function in this world. Lord, to be cautious in our financial dealings, to be able to detect the fine differences, Lord, and to realize the fine points, the seemingly insignificant matters can become very significant if we neglect them and ignore them. God, give us your great wisdom. God, help us to realize it's not more money that we need. It's more wisdom. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you to help every one of us in this building. 
to desire more of your great wisdom. While every head is bowed, please. Every head is bowed. And Christians, you're whispering a prayer right now of intercession. I don't know who's coming to this building tonight. I don't know where you stand with God. I just know that there possi possibly is someone here that does not have a personal relationship with Christ. And the good news is this. You can before you leave this place. You can walk out of here a different man or woman than you walked in. That is good news.